This is The Blood Doctor Show. On an exciting Monday. A Monday that I've been fucking waiting for forever. Because I am about to have a friend join me who is about to bring the takes. Not just good takes. Not just great takes, but fantastic fucking fire takes. And this is what we've needed here on The Blood Doctor Show and you're about to get it. So let's just fucking dive in. I'm not making you wait anymore. And now coming in, this is probably, honestly, legitimately, this is the person I have been most excited to have on this show because I want the hot takes, I want the fire takes, and I have been waiting. And now I have them, and now we're going to get them. And this is Brandon from The Overtime Show. What is up, man? I have been waiting. Yo, what up, what up, what up? Hello there, everybody. You already know Brandon from Overtime with BNT. And I've I've been pumping that show since you guys started doing it. I love it. I'm a fan. Yes, sir. I love your I chemistry. It. I appreciate everything it. you guys are doing. I also appreciate you guys stay focused. I love the Super Bowl preview, by the way. I don't know if I told you. Like I thought it was like thorough and on point. <laughs> I loved it. And obviously it worked out well for me as a Tom Brady stan, whatever, but Oh, come on now you know i had to represent <laughs> <laughs> and you know i loved it so it, it worked out for us you know yes, sir. Yes, those sir. of us who spent 20 years uh pretending that tom brady can do no wrong are not gonna uh not spend 21 years doing exactly that so <laughs> <laughs> hey man i had a lot of people to fend off this season i had a lot of people to fend off you're at war dude how do you you are at all times you are you're at you're times. at war with me if necessary <laughs> you you take nothing how do you because years ago i just started liberally using the mute button because I just wasn't going to have it. But you are like out here at all times just choosing violence. How do you do this? <laughs> oh, I think my thing is, it's the way I look at just this whole social media thing. I, like me personally, like when I close the app, I, I just go out with my daily life. It's like whatever happens on there, it just stays on there. So why not spice things up with a couple of hot takes to get the people riled up? You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's why I'm, I, every single time you have a take, I'm like, retweet. I'm on this retweet. <laughs> Cause I want, I'm like, let's, let's bring the smoke because I love it because I honestly, I think you and I have the same sensibility is like, if you're going to sit here and if we're going to sit here and talk about, like 24 hours a day. Like we're going to sit here and talk about all of this, whatever it may be, right? Like then I'm going to fire some takes and maybe some of them will be wrong. But if I have to sit here for 24 hours a day and listen to people who know nothing, tell me what they mm. think. Well, then I'm going to tell you what I think. That's what I <laughs> I think. That's the beauty of social media because we see what they're posting and they have like their, like channels where they repost the stuff from the TV and that's like their way of interacting. They're like, Oh, what do you think about this? People retweet, they say what they got to say. 
And whether they read it or not, I'm pretty sure they read it. But uh, uh, clearly it doesn't affect how they feel because they just keep on going on with the foolishness that they say. So, you know, what? <laughs> we have ESPN to blame for this because they literally created the first take generation of like, yep. I can't have a sports opinion unless it's a sports opinion that you completely disagree with. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. We can't. It's it's the whole Skip Bayless and Stephen A thing. But yeah. let's just let's dive in on that topic because I honestly I don't I don't actually know what you feel about this. I'm really clear. And this is funny enough. I said dude a list of topics before we were going to do this show and somehow i missed this one so (laughs) anyone who ever like and sometimes people are like man you're really thorough and you do your show so great no i'm not i'm terrible and you can judge me forever for missing this aaron Rodgers trade situation i didn't even bring it up in our pre-show notes i didn't even bring it up (laughs) these Believe it or not, believe it or not, sometimes, like, while we're recording, sometimes I, I just make up stuff as we go. I'm like, oh, yeah, why why didn't I think of that? And I just present it as if it was on my notes. And nobody ever tells. Nobody can tell the difference. <laughs> but dude, I'm literally, and that's fair, but I'm literally sitting here. I was like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to come up with good questions. I'm going to come up with insightful questions that will produce good takes and Mm. i literally missed the largest story (laughs) it almost overshadowed the draft if you ask me it (laughs) it literally took it over and i couldn't i honestly like when this stuff comes up last minute i typically never believe that it's going to be resolved immediately but this is something that for whatever reason i thought this would be resolved quickly and it was not did you think that or or did you expect a sort of drawn out process? Like, what was your thought coming in? Well, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know because I'm pretty sure people within that circle knew this is how Aaron Rodgers felt. It's just that it finally came out to the public. So right. me personally, I thought it got resolved. Like, from the last time we heard he was unhappy i thought you know they talked about behind closed doors and they just moved on so the fact that it's coming out the the day of the draft is like this this is for real like this i don't think it's smoke and mirrors i think this is a legit thing and it could very well be we might not see aaron Rodgers in green bay because like you hear deshaun watson not happy you hear russell wilson's not happy and it's it just I, everyone likes to say, oh, you're a Brady Homer, but it's like coincidentally, ever since that whole debacle with uh, Bill Belichick and Brady with the whole you didn't like how Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the guy and pretty much he hadn't moved. It, it kind of you're starting to see it with a bunch of other players now where it's like if they're not happy, they're going to let it be known. They're not just going to just endure it just because well this is the team that pays me i'm just gonna keep on going out and playing you know like it it very it shows how far along we've come in like how players handle the business with them and the front office yeah i and i i would assume that you side with i i typically side with players on this stuff you side with players as well right like yeah so like i understand like one thing I thought that was really interesting. There's this independent NFL dude. I I know that you know him, Dove Kleiman. 
He does, yeah. you know. And a couple of years ago, I said to him that I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was actually a decent pick for the Patriots because, number one, you had a quarterback approaching 40, which you basically had never had at that time. So yeah. picking a talented quarterback was a valuable thing. And, you know, also he ended up netting a second round pick in a trade. So, like, it's hard to call that a bust pick. And, you know, he lambasted me and was sort of like, well, how could you say that's a good pick when he only played three games, blah, blah, blah. This same dude was out here right now saying, well, Green Bay did everything for Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. They literally picked a quarterback in the first round. Like, how can you? This is one of those things where you forget your own. Yeah, you forget your own history. They yes. it up for him. That says a lot. It's not like he came to you and like I like he was there. But y'all said, "Oh, Jordan Love's still up." Yo, we need to get him. We need to get him. That's why we traded up for him. That's and that's the ridiculous thing. It's like if this dude fell to them in the third round, then you're like, okay. But they literally spent assets to get him. How can you? Your quarterback is 37. Like. I just don't understand anyone who says that they're not doing Aaron Rodgers wrong because they are. I felt the same way about the Patriots. Yeah, it's true. And the Patriots, I don't think Brady leaves if we kept AB. I don't think he leaves if we paid a couple of the guys that we let go. It, this, it's not something that he just woke up and is like, yeah, I want to go play with the Bucks. It's something that was brewing. And we're seeing the same thing with Aaron Rodgers now. And then when he leaves, they're going to be like, oh, well, if only we did this, if only we did that. You had the opportunity and you didn't. So whatever happens now, you brought it on yourself. Uh, no, I completely agree. And I think that that's the biggest thing about all of this is that, like, I mean, and I'll be the first to admit, like when the stories came out that, you know, Bill wanted to force out Tom, I was like, that's bullshit. That's ESPN spin. They don't know anything, blah, blah, blah. And I was just living. I did my, too. I thought that was it too. I was living in my little delusional Patriots fan world. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think the biggest thing is eventually there's a certain point, you know, especially for Tom, it's like, you can still play. You've been in the game for 20 years. You want to do something a little different. It's understandable. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is at that point too. The difference for Aaron Rodgers is that he's had different coaches. He's had different GMs. He's mm-hmm. had different coordinators. He's had different organizational philosophies. It's not as if he's been in one system forever. And, and okay, I hate Mike Florio and I hate pro football talk, but they made a pretty good argument today that given like, we all know that Packers shareholders actually don't have any like technical stake in the team, but they actually technically do own the team. It's like, who actually has the power in green Bay was their argument is like, who, who can make the Aaron Rodgers decision? Cause it's so Are you saying like, they don't have like a face. Yes. Where like, they don't have like a Jerry Jones or like a Robert Kraft type of because their ownership situation is so okay. diluted. Who's actually in control. They actually make a good point. It's like, even if you wanted to trade Aaron Rodgers, who makes that call? And that's sort of, mm-hmm. you have to like choose a person to be your de facto managing partner and they sort of haven't. And that makes the situation even worse than it is. What do you want to happen? Like if you could just choose any situation for Aaron, okay. You want Aaron <laughs> Rodgers to be traded to new England, but, but aside, okay. Aside All from right. trading Aaron Rodgers to new England. A New England bias. I actually had another theory that I liked. I forget where it was, but 
I saw somebody hint at it. I'm like, ooh, that's that's actual a good spot. I think I think the Raiders should take a crack at him. Ooh. That's actually interesting. John Gruden, Aaron Rodgers. I know John Gruden, he's uh he seems like he he would be like, yo, Aaron, like what do you want to do? Like, you, you want to go for this fourth down? If you want to go for it, go for it. I, um, whereas Matt LaFour, he'll be like, take the field goal. I mean, <laughs> dude, dude, you saw the Jeopardy thing, right? Where he was asked about that too. Like, <laughs> dude, I can't think of any. I, he, that is like dogged him so hard and he didn't even make that choice. Like that even, I can't yeah. even. But yeah, I Aaron Rodgers and John Gruden is a 40 point per game sort of offense because they're just gonna throw the it's like a Madden offense, right? He's you give gonna him throw Henry Ruggs, you give yeah. him Josh Jacobs. Uh what's the tight end name again? It's tip my tongue. It's 60 tight touchdowns end. and 35 interceptions because they're just gonna throw the ball downfield every Darren Waller, game. sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah, Darren Waller. Yeah. I mean, I I'm I'm never against giving John Gruden someone who's gonna make highlights because, mm. and I'm also never against giving something to gamble on in Vegas. I mean, I <laughs> come on now, think about it. You have Aaron Rodgers in the Death Star, the New Vegas Stadium versus my homeboy in a primetime game. Oh, come on now, oh. it ain't that ratings. Yeah. And then he has to go and face Herbert two more times. Come on now. If if the Broncos could get a quarterback, that might yeah, if the Broncos could get a quarterback, that might be a real division at that point. Like exactly. That I you know what? With Herbert, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good see. This is why I brought you on because you're bringing the heat (laughs) and you're bringing the points that I think. So you like Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. Let me ask you this question. Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. I love that too. Let me ask you this question though, straight up. Fun aside, hyperbole and exaggeration aside, do you think Aaron Rodgers starts for the Packers for the first snap of 2021 or he's just on another team? Like if you were taking Packers or Field, what are you taking? Uh, I'm taking Packers. Yeah? Yeah. It, uh, that's just a safe pick for me. Because I, I, for all I know, it's just they call in the bluff. Yep. And then they get rid of that GM that he said he wants gone because GMs come and go. You don't know if you're going to find another Aaron Rodgers. So, okay. Follow up question just real. So, okay. So let's say that you have been, you're the CE, COO of the Packers, whatever mm-hmm. the, the title is. You've been given the authorization to either fire the GM and, and and extend Aaron Rodgers or trade Aaron Rodgers and start Jordan Love. You're firing the GM and you're starting Aaron Rodgers. Like you're extending Aaron Rodgers in that scenario based on yeah. what we've seen. Yes. That's what I would do too. Like truthfully, yeah. I've I but like, if it I've were up to me, he's with the Raiders. If it's up to <laughs> me. <laughs> but if if you were with the Packers, he stays with yes, the Packers. He stays. Yeah. You know, one thing I find really interesting about all this is that. You remember like when Mahomes was drafted by the Chiefs and the first year he sat behind Alex Smith and Alex Smith still had a good year, but everyone was sort of like, yeah, but Pat Mahomes is in the wings and everything. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers just had an MVP year and Jordan Love was basically fucking forgotten. And to me, that is something it's not one of those things where people were coming into this season. Yeah. But if Jordan Love was available this year, he'd be top five. No one Mm -hmm. even mentioned this dude. 
And that's what really like gives me pause because we've all been in those situations where like our team took a dude a year too early. And mm-hmm. there are people who mentioned like, Oh, if this dude waited another year, he'd whatever Jordan love basically fell off the face of the earth in terms of player evaluation. And I kind of, I think the Packers fucked themselves so hard that that pick is a disaster. And I don't think you have any choice, but to fire your GM, extend Aaron Rodgers, and like trade Jordan love for whatever you can get because he hasn't played yet. So you still might be able to get a first round pick before he's That's a disaster. True. You know, I also I also think it didn't help that there wasn't any preseason either. So it wasn't even like we had like some actual tape of him in a Packers uniform throwing against a team. So I think that also worked against him as well. I mean, it, it worked for some people, too, because I don't think any of us saw what Justin Herbert was going to do. I dude, I was like. I'm so worried this dude's going to be a bust. And it's not that I didn't think he had the talent. Like, it was always clear that Justin Herbert had the talent. But, like, Oregon's offense should lend itself to a dude of his talent, and it didn't. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow – and that's another thing that pisses me off, by the way, is, like, (laughs) like, why is Anthony Lynn fired? Justin Herbert has one of the best rookie quarterback seasons of all time. Why do you fire your head coach? Like, what were you expecting? He was he was a scapegoat for yes. the special teams issues. And that's the racist bullshit that goes on in the NFL. And I'm not trying to – I get on my socialism soapbox all the time and I sit here and rant about <laughs> bullshit. And I know that other people do sports shows and don't want to talk about this, but it's bullshit that I have to sit here and literally praise – Justin Herbert for having a phenomenal rookie season with Anthony Lynn's coaching and then somehow also trash Anthony Lynn for what went. That makes no fucking sense, dude. Like that kind of reminds me of, um, uh, what's his name? Lovey Smith with Jameis Winston's first season, man. They went 10 and six and 10 and they even give him a chance to see what he could do one more year with Jameis in his system. Lovey Smith got Rex fucking Grossman to a Super Bowl. And you think <laughs> that man can't coach? Are you for real? Like, dude, like Rex Grossman is like a, he's like from the Jeff Fisher book of seven and nine disciples. <laughs> and Lovey Smith got that man to a Super Bowl and we have no respect for that dude. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, it boggles my mind. It, Jim Caldwell. Jim, and you know what? I, I was hard on Jim Caldwell. And then I went and looked and I was like, oh, I'm the dumbest motherfucker in the world. You have said this. You have said this. You have backed me up on this. When I'm wrong, I acknowledge I'm wrong. Right? Yes, you do. When I am wrong, I am wrong. And Jim he, Caldwell. He eats his humble pie. Uh, dude, I will eat a whole fucking humble pie and I'll slather it on my face in order to indicate <laughs> I was so wrong on Jim Caldwell. That dude is a good coach. He not only is he a good coach, he is an elevating coach. He takes garbage. To, like he raised a nothing Detroit team to the playoffs. And then we yeah. saw Matt Patricia take an average team to the dumpster. Anyway, it's this is what happens when I get on my soapbox. It is a shame that we picked him back up. Dude, how is that guy still in the league? Oy. Oh, my. I, I really couldn't tell you. He must know people. Uh, Bill Belichick speaks his praises. Yeah, that that'd be it. That'd is, be it. Is Bill over the hill? <sighs> As a GM, even though I think he did a a good 
a decent, okay job. Yeah, I'll give him an okay job with the draft because I like some of the guys we got in the later rounds. But at the same time, we could have done better. That's that's my issue. We could have done better. There was plenty of opportunities where I'm like, I right, is he gonna pull the the trigger now? And then he didn't. And while I'm still skeptical of Mac Jones, it, it's not the worst pick in the world at the same time. So <laughs> if to answer your question with like one word, I'll say yes as a GM. But no, as a coach, you still believe in Bill the coach. I, I still think he can get it done as a coach. I okay. just think somebody else needs to be in charge of all the general managing shots there because, yeah, the the personnel that we've had for the last couple of years hasn't been telling of how good he is as a GM. No, I, I, you know, I agree. Um, Digging into, let's just hit some of the quarterbacks, quarterback prospects real quick. Um, are you, I, I honestly don't know. Are you a big like Trevor Lawrence believer? Do you think he can survive with Urban Meyer? Because like, like I believe in Trevor Lawrence's talent and I think that Urban Meyer is going to fuck him up. Uh, That's my wow. hot take on that one. <laughs> like I just really, well, I don't understand this idea that Urban Meyer is going to be a great NFL coach. Like I, this is his first NFL coaching gig, right? Yeah, like where? Mm. Well, I just he's of the Nick Saban mold. It's just all these. There have been so many guys who have gone pro from college, and it doesn't work. And I just Kelly. The list goes on and on. I just how you you feel about Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you you've been uh, against the Cliff (laughs) Kingsbury. I'm pretty sure I've seen from the tweet, dude. The literally regularly. NFL podcasters are like, this dude runs a middle school offense. Like, I I thought it was a good idea, but, like, his playbook is so basic that, like, it's more basic than a Madden playbook. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, the guy gets made fun of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, My thing to- is, like, are they... Are they running Kyler a lot because they don't believe in his arm strength? Or is that just how the play calling is? Because it's like, you got DeAndre Hopkins. You had Larry Fitzgerald. You had Christian Kirk. You had uh, Kenyon Drake. And it's like, I'm seeing a lot more Kyler than I'm seeing of these guys. And it's like, is that just how the play calling is? Or is that just what the defense is giving them. I'm not, I help me out here. The play call is terrible. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury basically doesn't have Kyler Murphy throw downfield until the second half. And it's, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, Hey, you've heard of Deandre Hopkins. Yes. You've heard of this player who plays for your team. He exists on your roster. You might want to throw the ball to him. And And this team, he had a great year too. And it's like, Imagine what he would have done if he was getting even more looks. I I swear to God, I like I okay. So I'm like regularly growing to the grocery store on like Mondays, right? And they'd be like, I it's like five <laughs> times this season. They'd be like, well, this weekend, DeAndre Hopkins had five catches for 120 yards, but they all came when the Cardinals were behind by 10 points in the second half. And I'm like, <laughs> you might just throw to him in the first half, like. <laughs> Like, there's a certain point where, like, you're just not throwing the ball to this dude. Like, I don't care about, like, 
DeAndre Hopkins has literally proven that it doesn't matter if he's open. Throw him the fucking ball. Like, just yeah. throw it to him. You just throw him the fucking yeah. ball and see what happens. He's of that ilk. I remember Deshaun, he was saying how DeAndre's like, yo, throw me some bad passes because he likes making the athletic catches. I'm like, okay. Like, you're a quarterback. You're like, all right, I need to put in the right spot for DeAndre. He's like, nah, just throw it in any direction. I'll go get it. DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> like, if you're playing quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins is the dude you want to play with. And by the way, the interesting thing to me about that is that DeAndre is basically the new version of Larry Fitzgerald because Larry was also never the fastest dude. Larry was also never, you know, the blazing speed. I'm just going to beat you. But he was a physical receiver who got up and, and beat you. The ball. And he caught it. And so it drives me crazy that organizationally, they have no clue how to use the next version of Larry Fitzgerald. What are you doing? Like, it's like the one time they used him was against the Bills when they threw the Hail Mary. And mm-hmm. dude, the greatest quote of all time. You heard that it was it was just a greater catch by eye, you know, when when DeAndre caught it. And but it's like, how do you not trust that dude? And I'll tell you what, I mean, true the truest thing is if the Cardinals don't win like this is 17 game season this year. So if they're not 10 and seven or 11 and six or whatever, like if they're not a solid playoff team, the Cardinals are going to fire everyone. And I'm talking about they'll fire the assistants and the trainers and the they'll fire everyone who ever worked in the complex. So it's definitely going to be an interesting summer in the event that they're unable to do something. But I almost think, <laughs> like I, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I really worried that they go 10 and seven and make the playoffs and everyone gets extensions and then they get waxed in the first round. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that'd be pretty disastrous. It's kind but of like, like how do you feel about their draft? Like, do you feel like they addressed all their issues? No, I they picked up Rondell Moore, which we were talking about. I'm yeah. like the Patriots to go get him. And, uh, I don't hate that pick, but the problem for me with the Cardinals is that they haven't had corners for three years now. And yet again, they waited until the like sort of end of mm-hmm. the draft to address the cornerback position. And here, here's the craziest thing to me is that dude all off season, there's this dude in here in Phoenix. His name is John Gambadoro and he's known as Gambo. And he's when it comes to the Cardinals or the Suns, he he just basically is the white MAGA douchebag who knows the owners, right? So yeah. his information is accurate. Right. And he and he's been saying all offseason, the Cardinals are going to gra- draft Caleb Farley. The Cardinals are going to draft Caleb Farley. They need a corner. Caleb Farley's the guy. And he's been saying it all offseason. And then they just didn't do it. They drafted yet another safety hybrid linebacker. Like, you literally did that last year when you needed a wide receiver. What are you doing? And my favorite part about this dude is that they draft a dude that they knew was going to piss off their fan base because then within five minutes of the draft pick, like they had 18 of their players being like, none of you know what you're talking about. And like tweeting how like the fans don't know anything. And I'm just like, so you knew this pick was going to be hated because you just picked the same player in the first round again. I just last year they needed a wide receiver. They absolutely needed a wide receiver and they took a safety. And then this year they absolutely needed a corner and they took a safety. Like, I just don't know what to do with that. Like, and like 
I watched a good amount of Cardinals games, and it's like I didn't really see Isaiah Simmons pop on my screen like that. Like the no. only play I remember was the interception in overtime on Russell Wilson. That's the only play I remember he made all season. He was so horrendous in preseason that he basically didn't play in the first three weeks. And Cliff Kingsbury was out there mm. like, well, it's all about packages. And it's like, bro, you picked this dude ninth. It's not about packages. He sucks more than you said he did. And there were just so many players that they could have used. And the thing is, is that he had a couple of games by the end of the season that you could be like, okay, justifiable. <laughs> and then they fucking did it again. How? I just can't like I don't I don't know how to take this team seriously and also like just seriously like they've had multiple people in this front office arrested for DUI like (laughs) like the GM was arrested for DUI but I'm supposed to like judge I'm supposed to accept his like moral judgment of 19 year olds bro you drink and drive you're 45 years old you're a GM of a football team. You can't order an Uber, but your judgment is so supreme. Like, this team's a joke, man. I, yeah. Um, the Cardinals are a joke. really steal, instill any type of leadership qualities, if you ask me. I know. The funniest part is, if you had asked me what I felt coming into this season about the Cardinals, I would have been like, oh, man, it's Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. It's really interesting. <laughs> but you asked and me about AJ ownership. Watt. Do you think all those signings were good? Like, I think obviously, I don't know. Like, I think you can win games with those guys, but championship, that's where I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not too sure. Do you put the Cardinals in the Super Super Bowl contender realm? Do you put them there or no? No, I don't. So the JJ Watt signing is pointless then. I think. They can win one playoff game, maybe two, if the ball bounces their way. But outside, I don't think they're a contender with this team. Let me uh, ask you, though, is is winning – let's say they won two playoff games so they get to the NFC title game. Is mm-hmm. that worth it with Kyler Murray? Like, at this I think day, so. Like, you, you'd feel like you really accomplished something, right? Like, yeah. Like Third I, I, season, you get to the conference championship. I think that's something to be proud of. I think we do. I think we kind of have an like Russell Wilson sort of adjusted, like what our realistic expectations for what a quarterback should do early in their career. Like mm-hmm. it's not yeah. always going to be three Super Bowls in your first five years or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, yeah. Or everyone's like, well, this guy's our young guy, so he's Pat Mahomes. Like, no, it's it's not that simple. Like. Yeah, and everyone keeps on seeing that one team find their unicorn, and they're like, ah, let's see if we can find the exact same unicorn in somebody else. And then they just go on a witch hunt for the next two to three years, convincing themselves that, yeah, this is our guy because we picked him, and he's our guy because we picked him. Yeah, and that happens in the NBA too. It's like, well, this guy was the number one overall pick this year. So surely he's the same as LeBron. 
because LeBron was also a number one overall pick. And it's like, yeah, that's not, that's not how that works. <laughs> but so, okay. So, oh so Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, yes or no? Like, so, okay. So let me, okay. Let me put it to you this way. So let's rate all of these dudes on, let's say five years from now, they're, uh, they've won a playoff game and they're a Super Bowl contender. So do you think five years from now, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, five years from now has won a playoff game and is a Super Bowl contender? with that player and that team and that coach? Yes. Okay. Do you believe in Urban Meyer as a coach, or do you think he'll be replaced by then? I think he'll be replaced by then. Okay. Fair enough. That's what I think, too. I That's basically what I believe, too. I think Trevor Lawrence is good, and he's an NFL quarterback, and I also think Urban Meyer is terrible and be replaced. So we're on the same page there. Zach Wilson, how do you feel? No. No. Bust. Right? Yeah. yeah. Do you do you bust because he's with the Jets or just bust in general? Jets. 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 <laughs> no love for me over here at the Jets. No why? love for me <laughs> over here with the Jets. This is why I have you on. If, if my homie Caleb's listening, the Jets fan, you probably heard him on the podcast a couple of times. I'm just saying y'all ain't doing anything. I'm sorry. It's just the usual. You can be reminiscing on Joe Namath. You weren't even bored for them, but you can hold on to that as your one shining star in New York <laughs> in the gangrene. I had a I there was a dude who lived in my apartment building a few years ago when I lived in Long Beach that was a Jets fan. And I like broke the Percy Harvin news to him about the Jets getting him. So that's like how good of a fan he was. He wasn't that good of a fan. But anyway, um, so <laughs> he, I, I remember we would talk about all the games and he would talk a little trash, but he was generally cool. And then one of the years we absolutely stopped the Jets. He closed his blinds in his apartment and he never spoke to me again. So I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my poor guy. Poor guy. That's like I mean, it was his choice. He chose to represent that team. So. You're representing the Jets in Long Beach, California. You're really reaching outside of the requirements. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's uh, like there's so many other teams you pass to support the Jets. You don't have to pretend you're from New York anymore. No one will know. <laughs> you can live a real life as a human, not a New Yorker. Anyway, uh, Trey Lance to the 49ers. Good pick for the 49ers. Are they going to wish they had taken Justin Fields, or do you like Trey Lance more than Justin Fields? Any thoughts? I'm a Justin Fields guy. So Me too. I think they should have went for him. I don't know what they heard from their scouting team, but I like if they wanted an answer for right now who you can plug in, because it sounds like they're out on Jimmy G, I would have went yeah. with Justin Fields. But clearly they're like, yo, Jimmy G, like – you can, you know, like play out the rest of your contract, but this guy, he's waiting in the wings. Like, if if you slip up, he he's right there. Like, you know, we found your replacement. You like Trey Lance over Mac Jones, though, right? Yes. Yeah, I I do too. Like, I just I hate Mac Jones. I think he's terrible, and I we'll, we'll get to that really? in a moment. <laughs> oh my god, I think that's one of the worst things ever. I I'll, yeah, I'll rant about that in a minute. But I I like. The thing about Trey Lance for me is that, like, there's no one who didn't rave about this guy. Like, no matter, there's 
every single evaluation was like, this is the dude. And so like, the if you type of like, yeah, right? it's, it's like, he's just like, he's so smart. He has all the physical intangibles. He reads the defense. He does everything. So my thing with the 49ers is like, if you miss on the dude that all of us were like, holy fuck, that's the guy. Then, you know, that's not a big deal. I think, like, I think Justin Fields or Trey Lance were home run picks either way. I mean, mm-hmm. whether or not it works out, like. Those I, damn bears, man. Those <laughs> damn bears, man. I was, I was there sitting, waiting. I'm like, I right, Denver dealt with. Panthers dealt with. Now I just waiting for the Patriots to be on the clock. Then I hear the Bears is uh made a trade. I'm like, oh. But that should have been clear. Like anyone who believed they were really going into the season with Andy Dalton as their quarterback, like it should have been clear they were looking to make that move. The Bears Twitter pump faked everyone with the whole QB (laughs) one. Dude, that whole thing that I'm not sure any random free agent signing has been made fun of more than the bears QB one thing with Andy Dalton. Like that has been, that is like a whole mem at this point, but you know what? Like good for them. Like, well, okay. And I, I plan to ask you, Justin, do you think Justin Fields will succeed with the bears? Like, I think his talent is through the roof. I wanted him for new England, but mm. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace seem to have no idea how to like run a team. Well, if they believe that this guy can do more for you than Mitchell Trubisky and uh, <laughs> Nick Foles can, then I think so. I think so. I, I think mean, he'll be serviceable for them, especially he'll keep some drives extended for the defense to rest up because that was their issue with Trubisky. It's like the defense gets a stop, three and out. They're back out on the field. They're going to get tired eventually. And Yeah, Fields just makes those plays like, like he is a dude who, like, as a Michigan fan, I hate the motherfucker. Like, <laughs> and but his talent is like it's it's so funny. Is like I'm like the, I, you sit here. I'm like I love Michigan. I love Michigan. Fuck Ohio, whatever. And then the minute they enter the NFL draft, I'm like this dude's perfect for New England. Like you totally, I totally, I'm such a trainer. He's whatever. no longer the enemy. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, <laughs> now he's on the team, but his, I mean. I just what I don't understand about this is I don't understand how you don't look at Justin Fields and see like quarterback like he is everything. He has a cannon for an arm. He's got accuracy. He's got speed. I mean, he just has everything. And I just he's got size like he's bigger than his offensive lineman. Like, I just don't. I'm surprised that he doesn't. I I can't believe he fell to the Bears. I wanted him badly to fall to New England. I didn't. I never thought he would fall. I thought we'd have to move up, but I thought. I thought Panthers. I thought the Panthers we were going to talk to them. And, and, and those rumors and, were there. But even if, like, the Mac Jones thing is a disaster. Like, I, I dude, I don't. Talk okay. to me. Talk, talk to well, me. Okay, talk, talk me off the ledge here, because here's my thing. You've got a guy, number one. Can you name a single Alabama quarterback that's been successful in the NFL? No, you can't because there hasn't been one. Number two, this is a guy who literally like somehow in a team that was like as talented as Tua had somehow like this is not the Alabama team of old that couldn't possibly be beaten. 
And yet somehow he's supposed to be whatever. And then if you go through and dig through his film, this guy, all of his complete passes are to people who are wide the fuck open. And congratulations for you. You're playing in Alabama and you're playing with the greatest wide receiver core of all time. How does that make him? I I have no clue what anyone is seeing. I hear what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying, but like, I saw some passes too, where it's like him moving a safety was what got some of these guys open too. So in the same breath, there's, uh, there's good things too. That's why I'm like, you know, maybe that can translate over. Cause you know how bill is, you know what he looks for in his QBs. So this at the same time, Obviously, I wanted somebody, you know, because obviously we've had Brady for 20 years. It's like I wanted someone a little bit more modern, you know, somebody who can move around with the ball, scramble. Obviously, Cam Newton showed us what it's like, but it's like it's a lesser version of the Cam that we all saw. Yeah, it's not MVP Cam. Like, Imagine MVP Cam and last season's offense is is a whole different thing, especially with – with actual receivers this year. Not that I'm some huge Nelson Aguilar fan, but uh, it's my, a better upgrade than Nikhil Harry. I'll tell the, you that much. Dude, Nikhil Harry is another dude. I like, I, I like, uh, boy, there are people who I'm very glad who have not sought me out because I had a lot to say about how good Nikhil Harry was going to be. <laughs> and, oh no oh, oh yeah oh, oh yeah dude no. not only that not only that i had a lot to say about how his route separation was underrated so oh no oh yeah so oh, no <laughs> <laughs> so so you get it so i'm very glad that i haven't been sought out by those people but because it was because i was just, just so wrong but all of those things being said, and I like I don't think that Mac Jones is John Parker Wilson. I'm not trying to say that. Uh, you know, I understand that he's better than you know the traditional Alabama quarterback, but I just think like my biggest thing is like remember when Tua came up? You you remember the you know the that the halftime of they're losing 20 to nothing against Georgia. Dude, I was in Vegas. I'm at I'm at the Westgate Superbook in Vegas and Georgia is up 20 to nothing at halftime. And the Alabama fans are literally losing their fucking mind. They're screaming at me. They're like enraged. The funny thing is we had over 45 and a half for the game. So like, I'm not happy either. I'm like, I need Alabama to show up, but the Alabama fans are enraged at me for some reason. Anyway, that's the game where Tua comes in. They end up winning 27 to 24 or whatever it was. But, um, you know, great game. He came in, he did it. But like, we look at what he did with Miami last season. And it's like, yeah, he's all right. And I just think when you spend your entire college career throwing to wide open receivers, it's going to take a lot of adjustment to suddenly actually make plays. And Definitely. so for, so for some of this whole, like, Oh, he didn't play against elite competition. Yeah. But he probably also didn't play with the elite receivers and he had to throw into double coverage. Like, like I'm trusting Trey Lance more than that. And my biggest thing with Mac Jones is like, I, I've just watched Bill Belichick so many times draft the dude that his dude knew. Yeah. yeah. So many times it's into like, maybe it'll end up fine, but uh, okay. Let me put it to you this way. Bill came out 
in the post-draft interview, and he said with a straight fucking face that Alabama runs some of the same concepts that New England runs. No, they fucking don't. Like, like, I'm sorry. Alabama does not run Erdhart fucking Perkins. College schools don't run Erdhart fucking Perkins. And I understand that we couldn't run it last year because Cam's shoulder was injured and he couldn't throw the ball. But I'm so tired of these coaches pretending like we don't know anything because we're fans. Yeah, bro, I know what offense you run. And if you're literally trying to tell me that your college quarterback ran a four-route tree multi-system where he chose eight different routes each time that most pro quarterback can't do, like, go fuck yourself. I'm so tired of that. <laughs> No, he didn't. He didn't run Earnhardt Perkins in college. Stop telling me that. Talk to me for real. Like, he has arm strength. He can make decisions. Fine. Like, don't lie to me. Like, I'm not dumb. Okay, I'm dumb about a lot of things, but I'm not dumb about Earnhardt Perkins, man. That's my biggest issue. Like, Bill lies to us. Like, hey, man. This is your first time on the show, so you're 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 not used to the way that I just absolutely lose my fucking shit. Let me- I listen to the show. It's just amazing to hear it like live in real time. That's the beauty of it. That's it's yeah, no, it's 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 truly offensive to anyone who actually cares. Let me ask you this though. What, Let's hear it. Aside from all this stuff, what's your hottest take on the draft? Like there's a lot of stuff that happened. Is there anything that you think was like total bullshit or anything that you think is going to be great? Like what, like what's your, your, even if it's about the people we already talked about, like what's your fire take from all this? Cause I know there's one, my fire take from this is that Mac Jones is the worst quarterback pick since EJ Manuel. That's, you know, that's how I feel. So. <laughs> um, I'm going to be a bit of a homer, but uh, our seventh round pick, Trey Nixon, I think he's going to get a thousand yards this season. Really? That's, that's, uh, that's my hot take for the day. Tell me why. I don't know. I, I saw the tape and it's like, I, there's just something about my, I saw a couple of his interviews. It's just, I think he has something that we've been missing at the wide receiving core mm-hmm. in a while. And I feel like when the OTAs come around, I feel like he might catch some people's eyes in the the Patriots uh, coaching staff there. It's it's really true. I mean, there's no one. I don't know about anyone right now who. I mean, it's like I know they signed Nelson Aguilar to a healthy contract, and I know they signed Johnny Smith Kendrick and Hunter Moore. Henry, and yeah, Kendrick Bourne. It's like I know they did all that, but it's like no one. You know, there's no okay we talked about her. There's no Deandre Hopkins. It's like, I'm number one here. Like anyone can step up and take over. So I think this is, this is actually a decent season for that sort of late round pick to, you know, make their mark because I mean, there's no de facto guy right now, especially given like, if you're going to be playing, like if you're the seventh round pick, you're probably going to be playing with Mac and like, who knows how long cam's going to be starting. So if like, let's say Mac Jones comes in in the fourth game, and you've yeah. got a rapport with that dude. We've, you know, we've all seen that a million times when yep. the backup quarterback can throw to the seventh string receiver because they know, you know, he, what they know like. when he's gonna make his break on his route. They know, oh, I need to put it right here so he catches it in that specific stride. Yeah, it it could very well happen. But yeah, Trey Nixon, I he, I hope, I hope that nobody pulls back this podcasts and they say oh brandon you said this guy is gonna get a thousand yards i'm just saying 
I, I saw what I saw and I liked what I saw. So I'm hopeful that I'm right. Uh, I've been wrong many times before, so the, this won't be the first time. It's okay, though, because about a trillion people last season talked about how Braxton Berrios, or two years ago, was going to be. Oh, <laughs> Braxton Berrios was going to be the next ah. Julian Edelman. <laughs> I heard that about Gunner. That's what I heard. I heard people saying Gunner is the next Edelman. I'm he was like, good. But here's the thing. It's like it's like Gunner has his talents. Nikhil has his talents. All these dudes have skills. But, like, you can't have a bunch of, like, you know, one depth receivers. Like, you have yeah. to have a real guy. And I don't understand what the hell Bill was thinking. I, I, dude, I, the last Tom Brady season in New England, I'm never going to understand. But I definitely understand what happened last year in Tampa Bay. So I, I'm completely fine with it. Um, <laughs> so, okay, You're just very vocal about how you felt about the Bucks all last season. Dude, I'm a total fucking traitor. I don't even care. Here's the thing <laughs> I've been a Tom Brady homer since Michigan. I'm not about to stop now. I don't even care. And I, <laughs> the funniest thing is, I've told, I've, I've told this story on this podcast a trillion times and people are fucking sick of hearing it. But anyway, I've said it. I, when Tom left, when it was like announced that Tom was leaving new England, I had like a mental breakdown and I was just like, I can't live anymore. (laughs) And then, and then like two days later, like the NBA suspended because the pandemic was so bad that the world was ending. And I was like, Oh, that's okay to root for two football teams. (laughs) because the world is dying so whatever and that really changed my my perception of everything man i'm just saying that man gave us 20 good seasons i will feel no ways for supporting that man wherever he goes because i am grateful to that dude for giving me six rings go ahead chief win a couple more rings Dude, I Just think not they, more than six because then we'll have a problem. <laughs> Dude, I think they might win again this year. Tampa Bay is good. They, they brought back everybody. They, yeah. When does that happen? They the only thing entire... I think stopping them is injuries at this point. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. It's like you never. They, they are an older team, so there's some possibility for that for sure. Yeah. Um, let's let's do some NBA real quick because I'm very curious. Let's do it. I here's the one. This is the one I'm most interested in. Just personally, as a person, I just want to hear it. What are your thoughts on the Lakers? Because I know how you feel about Braun. I'm just, but I'm just curious. They're they're a title contender. This season's just one of those years that sucks. What are your thoughts? I'm just curious. Like, where are you at? I am in of that belief as of right now. What day is it? Uh, April 3rd, 2021. It's uh, 8.53 uh, Eastern Standard Time. On, uh, what is it? Uh, 5.53 for you? We're going to get this time stamp exactly right, baby. If LeBron is not healthy, the Lakers will not get out of the second round. Do you think they'll get through the first round, though? It might be a game seven. That's it. and it also depends who they're facing. They're the eighth seed against Phoenix in round one, and LeBron isn't healthy. They're getting uh, out of round one or what? No, I'm 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 making you answer it right now. You have to look uh, me in the eye. You uh, have to look me in the eye. Why are you gonna this do this to me? <laughs> why are you gonna do this to me? <laughs> because because we're this close of friends. You have to look me in the eye and answer this question. You have to look me in the eye and tell me. I can see you right now. You have to look me in the eye and tell me 
that LeBron is going to beat my team so that I can know that our friendship means less than I think. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, but on the real thing, if LeBron's not healthy, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can pick them to beat Phoenix. It sucks. Like, the thing that bums me out the most is, like, I hate, I hate fucking injuries. I hate them more than anything in the yeah. world. And I, I've been dying for years to see a healthy LeBron and against a healthy Chris Paul. Like, honestly, like, I have been dying yeah. for that. And Chris Paul and Booker versus LeBron and AD. I, I understand that LeBron and AD are more talented, but I st- I just wanted to see that. Like, yeah, definitely. I, I just think that would have been – and maybe we still can. Like, maybe it'll work out. But, like, I'm never a person who roots for injuries. And this is one of those things mm-hmm. where, like – like I have this, like what bugs me is this idea that like the Suns could win the title this year, but LeBron is hurt and everyone will be like, Oh, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like I just, uh, I want, nah. I want the Lakers to get healthy. Like I really do. Cause I just love healthy teams. And I think it would really be interesting if the Lakers like get into the play in and get the eighth mm-hmm. seed or something like, what do you I don't th- think uh, for Phoenix specific. I don't think they'd say, "Oh, LeBron wasn't healthy." I feel like they'd say that for a team like the Clippers, oh, okay. just because they made it clear that it, oh, Kawhi Town, the new king in town. Like they pretty much made LeBron their mountain that they have to climb, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for them, if they win, it's one of those, "Oh, yeah, well, you did it, but you didn't have to face LeBron." A team like the Suns, it's like, hey, hats off to you guys because we saw what y'all looked like before. And it's like, this is Chris Paul's come-up story, finally. They won't say, oh, well, he didn't face LeBron. They'll be more about what Chris Paul was able to do for the franchise than anything. I honestly never even thought about it that way. I think you're you're right. I literally never even thought about that. What about just just for, like, Arguments like what about like the Nets or 76ers? Like either one of them winning the title this year. Do you think the same thing, or do you think LeBron factors more into those? Or like how do you feel? Um here's it. I may it may sound like I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth here, but I feel like just because we're on the top of the suns, if the Nets beat the Suns. We'll look at it as they never face the Clippers or they never face the Lakers. Right. But if they lose, it's even it's an even bigger blow because it's like, oh, you didn't even face LeBron and you lost to the Suns. Right, right. Like it, it it's weird how we change up the context for depending on who they face, but it's it's still a real thing. Right. No, I agree with you. I mean I like I, I the Nets are so interesting to me because they just literally don't play defense, but they <laughs> they can literally score constantly. It's I, it's the funny thing to me is like every I, everyone's like, well, it's like the Suns D'Antoni teams from 07. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni's literally on that sideline, dude. Like he's literally there. He's part of it. Like mm-hmm. I I I think that's interesting, and I I agree with you. I I like. As, and the funny thing is, like, as a Suns fan, like, I hate to – if we lost to the Nets because Kevin Durant just did Kevin Durant shit for four games where he <laughs> scored 40, then I'm not going to, like – I'm not going to, like, lose sleep over that because it's Kevin Durant in his prime. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to, like – I would be sad, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be, like – 
Patriots losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl sad sort of thing. Like, Oy. you understand my point? I, I, I'd, I'd be like Patriots losing to the Eagles in the Super Bowl sad. It's like, yeah, we shouldn't have even been there in the first place, whatever. So, See, like, even uh, you the remember second, the 2011 run? Yeah, we with, didn't uh, even. Dirk? Oh, my God. See, a lot of people, they like to focus on the LeBron aspect of he lost to that No, team. no. Let's, let's look at who yes. the Mavericks beat yes. for them to even be in that situation. You are my brother. I love you more than ever right now. Yes. This is this is it right here. You are... This is this is why I bring you on because you bring the information. Like Everyone, a lot of people will say, "Oh, you're just excusing LeBron." I'm just giving us a little bit more story behind how it even got to that point. Anyone and that just sounds like me. Oh, I'm just trying to take away from oh LeBron choking the foul. But no, whatever, fuck that. Whatever, I'm man. I'm instantly you're. If I had that stonks mem right now, I'm just putting you up the <laughs> guest list right now because you're, <laughs> dude. I'll tell you the fucking truth. That 2011 title run is probably my favorite NBA title run ever. Because, like, just honestly, my team, the Suns, we've never won one. We're, mm-hmm. We are who we are. Our <laughs> finals runs are depressing. So uh, that that Mavs season, I was, again, okay, I'll, I'll share another detail. A lot of my favorite things involved times I was in Las Vegas. And I happened to be in <laughs> Las Vegas for that Mavs Heat Finals. You in Vegas, man. Uh, I live. Is there something you not telling me, man? Oh, no, I'm, no, I'm not. T- oh, no, I'll definitely tell you. I'm a gambling addict, 1,000%. I live four hours okay. from Vegas, baby. Okay. Is what it is. <laughs> we, we, this, is, this is the Blunt Doctor Show. Everyone knows who I am. It's all good. My point is, I literally was in Vegas for this finals, and my God, I can't. What a good time. What Like, mm. what a run. I'll. To this day, I'll never forget when in game six, when Deshaun Stevenson hit three threes in a row. Oh, my. And this is the only time in my all over again. I literally screamed the phrase Deshaun fucking Stevenson. I'm probably the only person who ever yelled that ever. But I yelled. (laughs) But uh, I that's. That's one of the greatest runs ever. So I'm with you. Like the Suns winning this year would be that sort of run that was sort of totally unexpected. Or or Definitely. 2004 Pistons run. Yeah. It's just like everyone's like, what? Like who is who is this team? So I, I can I can acknowledge that. Like I don't think that people would think of it. Like no one talks about the Carl Malone being injured with the 2004 Pistons. Because whenever anyone's like, oh, Carl Malone was injured, it's like, yeah, but you still had Shaq and Kobe and, you know, it's like. He was over the hill. Yeah. More than over the hill. Like, really, Carl Payton or Carl Malone was the one? Like, okay, guys. And so I I get that. But I do think, like, if, if I have interesting feelings about this. Like, if the Suns lost, again, if the Suns lost to the Nets because KD just did KD shit, I'm not going to lose sleep. If they lose to the 76ers, I might never sleep again. Yeah, like, I that's can't. one that they will be able to live down. I can't handle losing to Joel Embiid because he'll never, he'll never let he'll it go. He'll never shut up about it. How do you feel about Embiid this year, though? I, I mean, I think Embiid's the MVP if he played more games. Like, if you, mm-hmm. if you were to say, if you were to ask me, ignoring playing time, and say who is the most impactful player in the minutes that were played. 
I don't think there's any question that it's Joel Embiid. Like he's been the best Over player the in the league. Yeah. Because his okay. defense is a fucking nightmare. Like he's yeah. so Jokic is like Jokic is a much, much better defender than people give him credit for. Like truthfully, like he's not a bad mm. defender at all. But Joel Embiid is a great defender. <laughs> like yeah. he's an MVP and defensive player of the year type candidate in one. And mm-hmm. but he's just doesn't play enough. Like I don't you know, yeah. I, I, up until that injury, like I really felt like nobody was stopping him from getting that one. Agreed. Yeah. No, I, I that's the thing. It's like I think if you this is the thing about MVP, and I, I've said this before, it's like I I really think that the biggest problem with MVP is that we don't define the criteria. Yes. What is MVP? Is it the best player on the best team? Is it simply the most impactful player in the league? Is it simply the best player in the league, regardless of what we all know, regardless of regular season, like what is it? They Just, need to do what the NFL does. They need to make an offensive player of the year. Yes. Because then there'd be a lot of more people who would be able to differentiate between what the MVP is and what somebody who is having an amazing offensive season is. Which is exactly what's going on with Nikola Jokic. Mm, there we go. Even Curry. Yeah, um, dude. Curry shouldn't be in the fucking MVP discussion. That shit is ludicrous to me. Like, I don't care that he scored 50 points. They're in like, April. oh, my God, look at all the points. He's playing against nobodies. He's playing against G League scrubs. Who fucking cares? Like, uh, I guarantee you, if you told Curry, yo, if you were on a playoff team, but you ain't putting up these numbers, he'll gladly take a yeah. playoff team. Yeah. We saw he was willing to give up his numbers to have KD on the team. Yeah. Well, uh, and the other thing is, like, on, it's not that his shooting isn't impressive. It is. But, like, the entire offense of the Warriors is, like, they'll run a quadruple screen to get him a wide-open three. And I'm not saying that his shooting isn't phenomenal, but it's like, yeah, okay, it's really easy to score 50 points when every single fucking thing that the team does is structured around making sure you get an open shot. Like, I'm sorry, but that matters. Like, I'm not – like, this is the other thing, too. It's like – Saying someone isn't MVP is not That's an hate. insult. Yeah, it's like, hate. like, give me a fucking break, dude. Like, like, Chris Paul plays defense. Steph Curry doesn't. I think that matters in MVP. Oh, you hate Steph Curry? Fucking <laughs> dope, man. Uh, the MVP race is stupid. Just choose. Just, just define the criteria. That's honestly all it is. Uh, and mm-hmm. I agree with you. If because if they chose offensive player of the year, it would really be simple. Nikola Jokic would win offensive player of the year and then MVP would come down to Embiid and Chris Paul. And it would yeah. be based on Embiid's superior numbers and Chris Paul's superior number of games played. Like just truthfully. And like, the leadership aspect. Yeah. Up the band. I mean, I I kind of think Jokic should win MVP just because like his numbers are ridiculous and they've been ridiculous for the whole season. Mm. Like, but I'm still going to sit here and campaign for Chris Paul because I'm a fucking hoer, man. Like, <laughs> hey, man, he's honest. He's honest. He ain't lie about it. I respect it. <laughs> I, I just what I am. What about the Nets, though? What do you think? Like, are you like are, are the Nets and 76ers in general? Championship like, you... or bus for the Nets. Yeah. What I about the Sixers? Oh, 
get to at least the finals. Okay. Conference finals, finals. In any way of those two, that's acceptable at this point. For because the 76ers, see, but not the Nets. Yes. For the Nets, they have to win. But gotcha. 76ers, conference finals, finals is acceptable for them. What, okay, so let's say so if the Nets make the finals and say the Lakers are healthy and they lose to LeBron and AD, is that a failure to you? Yes. Even this season, even if they won next season. I still think this season was a failure. Uh, this is okay. So okay. No, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just think that's interesting because I I kind of agree. It's like everyone on the Nets is like there's the whole thing about, well, maybe next year it's like, dude, like. KD's 32. Harden's 31. Like, this is not... And I've been saying it on, not Twitter, but in a couple of my group chats, I've been saying that durability might become an issue here on out with KD because it's like, yeah, he's putting up the buckets when he's there, but it's hamstring here or a quad here or a little, you know, resting. It's like, you know, you he already was sitting out for like almost two years. So it's like... Yeah he's already removed from the injury. It's like now it's durability. That seems to be an issue that's going on. Is Katie a top 15 player for you already? Like, let's all say, that he, yeah, all time. Let's say he retires tomorrow. Is Katie yeah. top 15? Yeah. Is he top 10? I know you have to think about it, but just no, no. So you're, no. you're, you're in the, okay. So I want to see one more championship before I put him in the 10 there. Before you put him in like the greatest yeah. of the greats, yeah, no, I, I I can see that because like KD is one of those dudes who like if he was always healthy for his career, like you know, like LeBron basically was, and if he was mm-hmm. always there, it's like yeah, he's a top five player, <laughs> there's no yeah. question. But he's missed a lot of time, like he missed a lot of time. Man. KD is one of those dudes who like you kind of forget how many injuries he's actually had. Because, like, Joel Embiid has an injury reputation, but, like, like KD dude hasn't missed a playoff game in years, and mm-hmm. KD's been missing games for a long time now. And Yeah. Remember the season after his MVP season? He had the Jones fracture as well, and he was barely – we saw when he was on the court, he was putting up buckets. Like, it's never an issue of 10, he still put up buckets. Yes, mm-hmm. but how durable will he be? to continue to put up those buckets. That's the interesting thing is like, I think we kind of, for, well, no, I, 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 you don't forget. I don't forget, but I mean, collectively people forget like KD is an elite defender. Mm-hmm. And when you suddenly take that away from him and he can't, you know, do his defensive rotations, he can't that use his arms. Twitch type of- yeah. He, because I, the, the net suns game recently. And I know that the, the nets ended up winning that game. The Suns just missed all their shots down the stretch. It is what it is. But like, they the Nets literally had KD standing on whatever shooter the Suns had in the corner, and it was just very clear that like they're not pushing him. And I know that it's yeah. the regular season, and we're not the playoffs. I understand that, but that to me, like everyone's like, who's going to stop the Nets? Well, the 76ers are fucking huge, man, and mm-hmm. I think that it's not just Embiid. That's what I said. Tobias Harris is huge. Ben Simmons is huge, and I just think that stuff's going to matter. And I don't, you know, no one. My thing is with great all time players, there's no such thing as shutting them down. 
can you just throw bodies at them to make life difficult? Make them go to their second, make them go to their third options. You don't want them beating you with their primary option. If they beat you with their third, you can live with that. You can live with that. Yeah. You live with uh, losing to Grant Hill jump shots, but you don't lose mm-hmm. with living to Kyrie Irving three pointers. And I think that's the fucking point with the Nets <laughs> is like, it's like, yeah, if Joe Harris and Timothy Luwalu Cabrero beat you 40 points. Hey, I did my job because I took away their first, second and third options. So be it. If he's has a good night at that point. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm going with Sun 76ers in the finals. I don't care what anyone thinks about it. I'm just, I'm dying. I'm riding or dying for this team. I don't care. I love this team so much. What yeah, about, man. what about, okay, closing it out. Raptors, Celtics, you know, Heat, Pacers, Bulls, any other East Coast or West Coast teams? Like, do you have any other thoughts about, like, I'll, you know, I just off the top of my head, like, I thought the Vucevic deal for the Bulls was good and it's been a fucking disaster. And I think that's really interesting. I'm just curious, like, the Heat were a team I thought coming into this season were good. They've been a disaster. I'm I'm just curious. Like, do you have the Celtics, especially, honestly, like that team? Well, the six, well, not the six, the Heat. I think the um, the COVID protocols, I think that really put a damper into them getting their their feet going in the right direction. And like ever since it's uh, one day, it's like, yo, this looks like the heat that was going on that championship run. And then the next, it looks like the heat that's still trying to figure it out post LeBron. And so with them, it's like, they could, they could make a, a deep run just because they've been there. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I had the Philly Nets. It's, eh, I don't know. And still got to deal with the Bucks, the Bucks, the new improved Bucks. Uh, Sixer, not Sixers. Why do I keep saying Sixers? Celtics. You, 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 you poison my mind with the whole Sixers now. Oh my goodness! I'm, I'm a mind poisoner. It's okay. I'm well known for that. It's not your fault. That's one of my Celtics. primary failures. The Celtics. Uh, I think Brad Stevens is. I, I think that's it. I think he's hit a wall. I really do. Really. I think are, he's hit a wall. Are you are you on like a fire Brad Stevens sort of? I think those guys need a new voice. Really? Because we, we've always hear about all oh, the Brad Stevens defense. And it, yeah, every night I'm hearing something about a, a 20 point, a 30 point lead. Like, yeah, Jason Tatum put up 60, but it's like, <laughs> Why did he even have to put up 60? Yeah, they were down 32. <laughs> like it's, why is that impressive? It wasn't like he was putting up 60 because he was just so much better than everyone. Yeah, I put up 60 because the team was losing. <laughs> like, come on now. Man. And it's like the whole Brad Stevens philosophy. And it's like, since since he's been there, he lost to LeBron twice. Um who he, he lost to the Bucks. Yeah. He lost to the he went to game seven with the Raptors when they had an opportunity to not even let it get there. I'm pretty sure they could have won in five had it not been for an OG three and that was bad. Lowry heroics as well. That was bad. Then they lost to the um, Miami. So it's like at what point, especially with where the way they're looking now. 
We know Tatum can hoop. We know Jalen Brown's nice. We know Marcus Smart is a perennial all-pro defender. Like, at what point are we saying maybe it's the voice? Eric Spolstra coaches that team, and they have at least one finals appearance by now, right? I agree. I agree. I think Eric Spolstra is the most underrated coach in the league, dude. Like I, I've again, I've said this a million times. Like if if I if someone hired me to be GM of a team, and they were like, "Do whatever you want," job number one would be throwing so much money at Mickey Arison <laughs> that he lets me hire Eric Spolstra. That's like the first thing that I would do because I think he's great, and I I agree with you. Like I, uh, dude, I've cooled on Brad Stevens. Here's something. You would know more than me. How do you feel about Nick Nurse? Because like I've been, I I like I, I've said before, I, I think there's a non-zero chance that the Raptors win the title with Demar Derozan instead of Kawhi because of how good Nick Nurse was. You could shake your head at me. I still say it. I said it's non-zero, baby. You think I'm they can it. win with Demar Derozan? I said it's non-zero, as in oh. one to two percent of chances. <laughs> Kawhi made Kawhi. Number one, all of Kawhi's clutch shots in that playoff run were in the mid-range, exactly from DeMar's range. And and as good as Kawhi is on defense, his knee was so bad that he could barely defend anyone. I'm not saying they would have won. I'm saying there's a 2% chance they still would have won. And guess what? Guess what? If I said this in Jurassic Park right now, Oh, I'd be getting high fives all over the place. You know it. You know it. I'd be getting high fives. But they're a delusional fan base. They're a delusional fan base. Listen, you you're from you're from Arizona, so you don't have to see all the Raptors media that I have to see. Some of the stuff they be tweeting, posts. I'm like, you guys actually believe this stuff? There's like, there's no way. But to answer your question about Nick Nurse, I think he's a good coach. I, I think he's very defensively sound. It's like, because like we see him go from a zone to man to boxing one. And like he, he'll, he'll try anything. Like, yeah. like you'll try, he'll try stuff like you think only works in the men's league and he'll make it work. <laughs> yeah. And I like, love that shit. I love that okay. shit so much. <laughs> uh, so like, I think he's good. I th- I just think the the um, the team that he has constructed the they they leave me a lot of you know desire I I expect more is what I'm trying to say and are you are you still on board with Masai or like I and I'm not trying to put my opinion out there. I've seen a few people. I'm not saying I agree or whatever. I just, I've seen some people say it's time for Masai to go to a big market and let one of these people come in. I'm not saying I agree with that necessary. I think Masai is like the best GM in the league. Maybe like he's the only dude who won a title in a small market recently. I'm not trying to, he's, I'm just curious. Getting into that Jerry West territory. That's for sure. He's getting into that Jerry West territory. So, but I, I don't think that he should go per se because yeah i'm not i'm not a raptors fan just so you know i've been very critical of that team but (laughs) i think he he's doing good things for the team even though the american market is kind of a little distant with them like sure 
So there's there's only so much he can do. Yeah. But I think he likes what he has over here in Toronto. So I don't think he'll go anywhere. I mean, it's it's hard to, I mean, I, I you know, I lived in Toronto for a bit and it's like the best city in the world. Why'd you leave? Huh? Why'd you leave? Legal issues. <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. Ask no question, <laughs> tell no lies. Yo, 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 it's all legal related, I promise you. Toronto, no is, Toronto is the best city in the world. It's one of the most beautiful places ever. The food is incredible. The people mm-hmm. are amazing. Mm-hmm. I, dude, I would... I would move back to Toronto in a heartbeat. And if I was Maasai, like it would take, dude, I can't even tell you what it would take. Cause Toronto's just better. Like Toronto is New York without the assholes. It's Boston without <laughs> the mass holes. Like I, I love Toronto. It's, it's the best, it, like legit. I would, <laughs> were it not for you hear that? He loves Toronto for anyone who's Oof. watching or listening to this because Oof. of me. He loves us over here. I, Toronto rules, man. I I still regularly, two to three times a year, I have to cry because my favorite wing spot in Toronto shut down like a decade ago, and I still like pour one out. So that's my <laughs> level. Oh, KC Wings at the corner of Young and Bloor. Okay, that is that is my uh, Young and Bloor is the corner, right? Someone right now is being like, those are parallel streets. You don't remember. Anyway, my point is, <laughs> I miss my wing spot. I miss Toronto for real, dude. But, okay, let me ask you this. Let's hear it. So, right now, if you and – I, and I know it's – we got games left. We got all this stuff. Who wins the title this year? If you, if you had to choose someone, I'm just going to put you on the spot right now. Who wins the title and in how many games? Be putting me on the spot. Because night, because man. if you guess correctly, you win an authentic blunt Dr. Blunt, which is a thing I'm making up right now on the spot. <laughs> so you got so okay. Okay, let me let me put it to you this way. I'll give it to you another way. You've got Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Jazz in the West, and you've got Nets 76ers in the East. Who makes finals? I'm giving you two teams in the East to choose from, one of each, and I'm giving you four teams in the West. So 76ers and Nets, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Jazz. Who are the two finals teams? I'm just ruling out the Nuggets because fuck the Nuggets. (laughs) Jokic is going to fuck me now. (laughs) You are contemplating. Your audio, I've lost your audio now, I think. We may have lost... Now I've got your audio again. Hello? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I have to go with the Suns. Yes! Of, I'm a guest on the show, so you gotta, yes! I got to show some yes! love to the blood. Mm. Nah, the yes! I have, so, I have successfully coerced my guest into saying the Suns will win. <laughs> Without any proof or statistics or facts. I have this suc- was unprompted. Unprompted. <laughs> unprompted. This has been a fucking pleasure to have you on the show and I hope that you will come on soon. I want to talk more about the NFL NFL offseason. And again, what do you, you guys, you said you have a new show. You got a new episode coming out. What's the, what's the new thing coming? Overtime with B&T and Dave. Season two, uh, we're going to be discussing draft grades, how we feel about our respective teams. We got Patriots fan, we got a Saints fan, and we got a Ravens fan. So there you go. All different fans from oh my different God. backgrounds. So. That's like a war right there. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, when does that sir. one come out? 
So it should be out by the end of this week. And it's on like all the various all streaming platform. platforms, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Pocket, Cast, I believe it's called, all those other ones. I'm pretty sure we're all, all the major ones. Well, I am, I'm going to fucking check that out. I hope everyone who listens to me will check that out. And I hope that all of you will come on here soon so we can all fucking scream at each other because I think that's the yes, best sir, way to deal yes, with this. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm glad. Whenever you want me on, just give me the word and we'll work it out. I'm here, man. You are the man, dude. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good one. You too, bro. Bye-bye. And that is The Blunt Doctor Show. And... As we approach the NBA playoffs, and as we approach the summer, let me just say, enjoy yourself, gamble responsibly, drink responsibly, and also care about those around you, because this world, as bullshit as it is sometimes, is still the only world we have, and thus, all of us who participate in it should do all that we can to at least make this place a little bit better than it was yesterday, and I hope that all of you who enjoy listening to me will do that. And I hope that all of you who enjoy listening to me will kick my ass to do that. Let's do it. Let's enjoy it. Blunt Doctor Show out. Peace.